Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Well, hello. It's uh, time for the Brum Radio comedy show now here on Brum Radio. My name is uh, James Cook. I'm the host of the show. What I hope this is, is a celebration of the uh, Birmingham West Midlands comedy scene. We're going to be highlighting some of the exciting talent that's coming through at the moment and uh, telling you what shows you should be going to see. Coming up today, uh, there was a very special surprise headliner act at the Crisis Charity Gig at the Glee Club on Monday. We'll have a review of that from someone who saw it with their actual eyes. Also, uh, details of somewhere that you can go if you want to start out in comedy, if that's something you're uh, considering. Uh, Also, a couple of chats with award-winning local talent, and we'll be seeing what's on this Betwixtmas. If you want to get in touch, our Twitter is at Brum Radio Comedy. You can email brumradiocomedy at gmail.com. Let's kick things off with uh, ELO. The Brum Radio Comedy Show. I'm James Cook. Uh, what better way to say hello than with ELO? Oh, Jesus, I hope this show's going to be funnier than that. The aim of this show is eventually, uh, it is about comedy, uh, but hopefully at some point this show may even be funny in and of its own right. I mean, that's the aim. That's what we're aiming for. Uh, this show ran in a different form on Brum Radio uh, some years ago, uh, not since 2017, I don't think, and uh, it used to be on Sunday evenings. And now we've moved it to a Thursday at 11 o'clock. And that's, there's a very important reason why we've done that. Uh, first of all, Thursday's uh, the start of the comedy week for comedians. You know, Thursday gigs, that's when kind of the week starts for us. Uh, also, 11 in the morning, that's a very important time because, uh, because of Millikan's Law. That is the time where you have to stop uh, worrying or uh, celebrating the gig you had the night before. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is named after Sarah Millican, uh, the, well, you know you know who she is. Uh, she came up with a rule which says, no matter how your gig went the night before, whether it went amazingly or whether it went really badly, by 11am the next day, you have to shut up about it. All right? So if it went badly, you'd stop moping uh, by 11am. If it went well, you stop being the king of the world uh, at 11 a.m. So that is why we're on at this time. And that is the reason. And it's not for any other reason. It's not because this was where there was a gap in the schedules uh, that coincided with me not having to look after children. Now, on Monday, just gone, there was a big old benefit gig at the Birmingham Glee, raising money for Crisis, the uh, homeless charity. Uh, It was curated and hosted by our very own Joe Lysett. Oh, hello. Uh, And local comedian and Joe's support act, Karen Bailey, was there to witness it. Karen, how was it? It was packed. There was a Susie Ruffle was opening. Rose, oh, I don't know how to say her surname. Matafeo. That's the one. (laughs) Um, I know, that's awful, isn't it? But they were both great. And then uh, Mark Zilcox was on. Now, he's an interesting case, isn't he? Because he plays this kind of character of somebody that's been to a comedy course and is talking you through what he did at the comedy course. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And if you buy into it, which the audience did, they loved him. He was just bonkers. And then Darren Harriet was on. Our very own Darren Harriet. Indeed. And Guz Khan was supposed to be headlining, but he was having a baby. Well, 
not him, obviously. His partner was having a baby, so he couldn't make it. So Jasper Carrot stood in at the very last minute. Oh, it's good that they had Jasper Carrot on standby. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and how, um, how was he? How was Jasper? He was great, but he was so... He was really nervous before he went on. And he was saying that... He said, because it's a young crowd, they're not going to know who I am. And we were like, of course they're going to know who you are. You're just a carrot. You're a legend. I thought he was great, but he came off and I was sat next to his wife, who looked very nervous all the way through. When he came off, he looked at her and he went, that was tough. And she went, yeah, it was tough, wasn't it? He felt, you know what charity gigs are like anyway? They're weird. (laughs) Well, they are, because it's like, you get people who've genuinely gone for the comedy, but then you get... A lot of people who have gone because they're very nice people and very virtuous and want to give money towards a charity, but they haven't really got that much of a sense of humour. <laughs> a bit harsh. And I took a couple of photos. I was going to send it to him, and then I looked at these photos, and he must have caught it when he was halfway through a joke, but it's just all his very serious face in the audience. What do these people want? <laughs> just the carrot. And then he, did, he said the one bit about fireworks didn't work. He said, nowadays, they don't put them through letterboxes or stick them in somebody's hoods. <laughs> we have to do that all the time. It's and political said, correctness gone mad, Karen. Yeah, you can see the, like, the younger comics looking at him going, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, uh, it just goes to show, isn't it? I mean, what chance is there for the rest of us if Jasper Carrot is nervous yeah. before going on and, by the sounds of things, being critical of himself afterwards? He wants to come back and do my gig next year, so, yeah. And just to remind the nice ladies and gentlemen, what's your gig, Karen? It is the Comedy Junction in Sutton Coalfield. I will look after Jasper. What have you been your comedy highlights of the last year, Karen? Did I, was, was I supporting Joe last year? I think I was, wasn't I? So I supported Joe Lysa at some gigs, which was fantastic fun. I think that was last year. My God, was it the year before? <laughs> All right, we'll, just, we'll open it up. We'll look back at the last decade or you know, century. Yeah. yeah, losing my memory. That's what it was. For me, doing the Symphony Hall, because I worked as a steward at the Symphony Hall when I was a student, and I used to sit there and I used to think, oh, I'd love to be on that stage. And I saw loads of comedians there when I was working there. So to actually be on stage at the Symphony Hall was amazing. And what about for 2020? What have you got coming up? Loads of gigs. I am working on my children's book, which is in development with a TV production company. So I'm trying to get that done. I've just rewritten it and I've sent the first episode to this lovely lady who runs the production company. Um, I'm waiting for her feedback. Okay. Who knew books had episodes? Um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's about or is it top secret? No, it's not top secret. It's about a boy that talks to dogs. What's not to love? But he doesn't just talk to them. He, he sort of communicates through text messages that appear in his brain. I mean, we can all talk to dogs. It's just the dogs don't understand Absolutely. what we're saying, isn't it? Well, this is it. But you'd be surprised because dogs do know what you're saying. They are very intelligent beings. You're a dog owner, aren't you, Karen? I'm a dog owner. And is the dog in the book based on the dog that you have? No, because he finds out that he can talk to, he can communicate with most dogs. And there's a variety of dogs. There's even a dog football team. Are they the Rovers? (laughs) Leeds. (laughs) Oh, very good. I think I called them Fetch Athletic. (laughs) 
It's not even a pun, Karen. What's going no, on? No, no. I, I think I um, put it on Facebook once and asked people to give me suggestions. West Bromwich Halbion was a nice one. Why is that a dog thing? Howl. Oh, Halbion. Uh, Halbion. Or uh, wolves. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, they're just big dogs, aren't they? Manchester Poonighted. <laughs> That's very childish. I know. The kids are getting big Yeah, there's lots of pooing in the book. All right, excellent. Well, good luck with all of that, Karen. I hope to read it, see it on TV, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, have a very happy new year. I will. Thank you very much. Thanks, Karen. Coming up, if you're thinking of starting comedy in the new year, I can tell you a few places to look that will help you. Here's uh, Two Duos Cinema Club. I did a iTunes search on the word year on my iTunes and then picked a song that had the word year in it because it's the end of the year. That's the whole point of that, isn't it? It's uh, rocketing towards the end of 2019 and heading into a brand new decade, the 20s. It's going to be the roaring 20s again, guys, but we all can't wait. Now, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions at this time of year because it's the new year. And if you made them in June, it wouldn't make any sense at all. Uh, And a lot of people have as a New Year's resolution that they want to uh, get out of their comfort zone, do something that terrifies them. But then they find out that uh, bungee jumping and uh, parachuting are insane. So instead, uh, what they want to do is they want to start doing stand-up comedy because, let's face it, there are literally no barriers to entry, are they? But how do you go about starting? Uh, Particularly if you live around here in the Birmingham and the West Midlands where there are places you can go. And yes, people who know me, I am going to plug my course right now standupcourses.com got a course starting in January there are four spaces left but I'm a magnanimous and benevolent dictator on this radio show so I will also say that there is a comedy course at the Midlands Arts Centre as well run by uh, Karen Bailey who we heard from earlier and that's very good or you could just bypass those completely and think well what can a course teach me surely I know everything uh, and jump straight into gigging now uh, there is already uh, a legendary weekly open mic night here in the Midlands and has been for um, 15 years, if if not longer, and that's the Hollybush in Craigley Heath, which, you know, uh, is uh, is legendary for uh, a lot of reasons. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a really it's a really good gig. I mean, it's bonkers, but it's it's bonkers in a good way. Uh, but adding uh, to the Hollybush in our weekly calendar recently have been the useful idiot comedy nights running in and around Birmingham. Now, I caught up with the brains behind those. My name's Ben Hall. Uh, I'm an improviser. I started about four years ago running a company called Fat Penguin Improvised Comedy, which is, uh, we started off just doing shows, but it's now a training company. We run workshops as well. We, we already have a weekly show. Um, we're looking at pushing that to maybe two a week by the end of the year and where is the weekly show if people want to come and see it so if people want to come and see our weekly show it's in the patrick Kavanagh pub in mosley uh, and that's every thursday and as well as all of that you're also involved in useful idiots yeah what is that so that's a new material night so what i found was there were a lot of improvisers who wanted to do some stand-up and quite a few stand-ups who wanted to do improv so i thought seeing as we've got so many venues available to us put on a new material night we've got five hosts on a rotating schedule and that's every monday in loki wine in edgebaston and every tuesday it's currently in the victoria but 
starting in January, we're going to be moving to a venue called The Good Intent, which is in Great Western Arcade. And they've got a really nice upstairs room up there. So we're going to take that. We currently run a thing called an accelerator program. And what that is, is we offer two people three months. We give them tips and tricks. But really what we do is we give them a spot on every single one of our nights. So they get two spots with us every single week, Monday and Tuesday. We've currently got Richard Dad and Michaela on that and they're they're both doing really well we're looking at new people for next year as well to to come and come and do that it's like um, an intensive right. stand-up thing where they have to come up with new stuff every week is it we we don't say they have to but the idea is you're not going to just come and do the same thing for three months uh, so we're quite pleased that we do get a fairly big fairly regular non-performer audience so Obviously, we get performers turning up who want to see, and that's great. But we also do get quite a lot of regular people turning up to our nights. So they regular people, people. <laughs> yeah, regular people. <laughs> oh no! So it's not it's not your standard open mic that um, certainly the ones I started out in, where they were flooded with, you know, other performers. We're very lucky that we do get some some normal people coming in as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to find out what the normal people think. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Because comics understand joke structure, so if you get a joke wrong. They laugh at you getting it wrong, and that's not always helpful feedback. What are the things you are looking for in a performer? People who are supporting the night, people who are turning up to apply for spots, and then when they do turn up and apply for spots, they're just sort of getting people's attentions and, you know, doing well. If people want to come and do a, a spot uh, at one of Useful Idiot Nights, yep. how can they go about doing that? All of the hosts have got access to the spreadsheet. But the best way to do it, rather than pestering the hosts on the night when they are going to be busy, is to go on Facebook, find the Useful Idiot page, and send us a message. And sadly, there are lots of other people who have done that, and it will be a long queue before we get back to you. But we will we will work our way through that queue, and we will offer you a spot. We, we get people messaging every single day. Um, um, yeah, our apologies if you're listening and you've applied and you haven't got, got a response. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think what you're doing is uh, fantastic and exactly the kind of thing that the local comedy circuit has needed for a long time, uh, yeah. particularly with the um, just the sheer volume of, of new talent that appears to be coming through at the moment. Tons of it, isn't there? With these ultra comedy nights every every couple of months, and you know your courses as well. Every couple of months, you have another however many people there are arrive on the circuit or wanting spots yeah. and the spots aren't there but now they are there hopefully. well it used to be the fact that the spots weren't there that people would just give up but now yeah. you're around encouraging them to stick with it yeah 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 who should we be looking out for in 2020 we've got our eye on a number of people actually all of our hosts are brilliant so mary flanagan definitely yeah she was uh, in the breaking talent final this year she came yeah. second yeah 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 We've got Jay Drotch. Also in the Breaking Talent final. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. Another one of our hosts. We've got Adam Beardsmore. Who was in the Breaking Talent last year. <laughs> there's, a, there's a theme here. There is. That's not what we're doing. We're not just... <laughs> the thing is, these people are out on the circuit. They're doing the work. And if you're working hard, that's what we're here for. We want to reward the comics who are working hard and who are going places. Because they're the ones who are going to bring audiences in for a start. But then when they do you know make it and leave Birmingham and head to London as lots of comics do they can tell their friends how good Birmingham was and hopefully you know the scene won't just disappear here and maybe maybe people will stay yes we want them to stay yeah. we want them to stay yeah definitely. if the scene's great here maybe they won't go to London maybe they'll stay that was always the intention Ben thank you very much for talking to me have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year no thank you very much James 
Thank you, Ben. The last Fat Penguin Improv comedy show of the year is tonight, uh, Thursday, the, uh, what day is it? 19th. Yeah, 19th of uh, December at uh, the uh, Patrick Kavanagh in Moseley, as Ben says. It's uh, it's free to get in. I don't believe it's necessarily free uh, to get out. Uh, we're going to be talking, we were speaking a bit about the different uh, comics who've been in the Breaking Talent Final. We'll be talking a little bit about that with this year's winner of the Breaking Talent Final. Uh, that's coming up after Mike Doty, 27 Jennifers on Brum Radio. Twenty-seven Jennifers. That's a lot of Jennifers. Uh, Mike Doughty, uh, former singer of uh, Soul Coughing. Remember them? No, no one does. Don't worry. Uh, I'm James Cook. This is the Brum Radio Comedy Show. Now, uh, Monday just gone while everyone was having a lovely time over at the Glee Club in Birmingham for the big old uh, benefit do with Joe Lyson, Darren Harriet, and Jasper Carrier. Some of us were doing a more grassrootsy thing. I was over gigging in Leamington Spa alongside a lot of the new exciting uh, local talent and I was hoping to stand nearby them and hoping some of their youth and ex- uh, uh, exuberance would somehow rub off on me. Not in that way. And... Uh, Maybe a little bit did. Uh, one of those acts was Celia AB. Now, she won this year's Breaking Talent uh, final at the Glee Club. It's part of the Birmingham Comedy Festival. Every year, uh, five or six comedians are nominated by a panel. They come and do a show at the Glee Club. This year, it was sold out in the studio room. 150 people, lovely audience. Everyone raised their game and did amazingly. And at the end, we say, um, yeah, you, you won. And we did it this year for, for Celia. Originally from Paris, Celia... Ha- was very kindly agreed to me, to talk to me after the show on Monday. Well, we've just left the uh, Reckless Moment gig in uh, Leamington Spa, sort of new material show that runs every month, run by a guy called Dean Love. I'm here with Celia AB. Hello. Who's also on tonight. Uh, how do you think it went? <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. Um, now I had fun. I mean, it's nice to have um, a really good new material, like... A place with actual audience members where you can actually try new stuff. It was busy as well. It's like the room was packed. Yeah, and I think that it's uh, it's something that we forget sometimes is how grateful we should be to see a packed room. <laughs> yeah, particularly on a Monday. On a Monday. Well done, reckless moment. Mm-hmm. This uh, show is going to be all about uh, looking back at 2019 Ooh. in local comedy. What have been your highlights, Celia and AB? Well, uh, uh, quite good weather. <laughs> In the summer, okay. had quite, quite a good summer. I meant like comedy highlights. Uh, quite, quite good weather in the comedy. <laughs> I've, uh, I won an award Yay! Yay! at the uh, Birmingham Breaking Talent Awards on uh, the day that uh, marked five years since I moved to Birmingham, which uh, I like the, the, how poetic it is. That was a great night. I've, uh, I went to Edinburgh. Just before that, I, was, uh, I went to the final of the Funny Women competition. Yeah, just a lot of lovely stuff happened in a row. This year. The Birmingham Breaking Talent Night, that's um, a thing at the, the Glee Club part, the comedy festival, where acts are uh, nominated by a top secret panel <laughs> of industry insiders <laughs> to take part. Has it changed you, all this success? Has yeah. it gone to your head? Are you a diva now? Oh, yes. I mean, uh, um, everyone needs to refer to me as madam. <laughs> um, that was, that's part of the prize. That's part of the prize. The, e- even if a male comedian wins it. I will not have liquids <laughs> if it's not from that mug. Um, oh, yes. All right. We should point out uh, the prize for winning <laughs> uh, the Birmingham Breaking Talent Award is uh, a mug. And a poster that I've uh, proudly put on my wall. 
got rid of all the other furniture. It's just that now. <laughs> um, well, has... I mean, other colouring competitions have like thousands of pounds to be won. Ah, I don't want that. But I'd probably spend it on a mug. So. Ev- yeah, everyone's got money. Who's got one of these special mugs? Eh? Nobody. Nobody. Well, it has changed me in a sense that I think that it's it definitely built up my confidence a little bit. Just being nominated was great because I respect the nomination panel. Um, <laughs> now <I'm>, you do. Because <laughs> no, like, I think the first, my first thought was, um, well, let's see who's nominated me, because I was very curious. And it's all people that I genuinely admire um, in the comedy industry. I mean, there was um, Jeremko, Josh Pugh. Yeah, well, I think you were in it as well. Yeah, um, but they don't listen to me, <laughs> mainly because I keep nominating myself. <laughs> Just like, you're yeah. too old. It's been to 20 be years, James. I really want the mug. Um, and uh, Maureen Younger. So I was very, very pleased with just getting the nomination. Um, and uh, like on the night of the award, I was just happy to be on a, on this bill. I mean, it's a nice gig on a Friday night. I got free chips, which, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, um, I, I had free chips. I had a, a Cajun chicken wrap. It's mostly food-based. Um, <laughs> so your big takeaway from this, big takeaway this is the takeaway. flagship event is where the you take- triumphed is what food you got to have. Yeah, it's a takeaway. Oh. Um, I, um, no, I genuinely enjoyed it. I mean, the audience was just lovely. And it was just such a nice atmosphere. I find that with Birmingham audiences in general, there's something about Birmingham audiences where they don't tend to take themselves too seriously. In some gigs, that if you do competitions, they can, the audience can kind of be against you. It's because they know it's a competition, so they go yeah. into judgy mode. Yeah. yeah, but whereas they were very much in a, way, everyone's great sort yeah. of mode. Uh, what I also liked was there was a group of about 20 people who were, you know, local acts mm-hmm. and local people who were involved in the sort of local comedy scene as well. They were all there sitting in a big group, cheering for everyone. It's so cute, isn't it? Yeah. It's so cute. And I remember, um, it's funny because last year, I was part of that group of people that were just kind of like cheering because mm. I remember when uh, Bismore was nominated in Good Kids and he was like hey let's go and support our friends Yeah, and I think that it's something that you find in the Birmingham circuit where there's a sense of camaraderie I think French word um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much uh, is, uh, that I think there's, there's no other circuit that has that sense of it's very warm it's a very warm circuit what are your plans for 2020 CUAB? <laughs> um, I want to take 45 minutes at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I want to push myself to write more I think that with comedy, as I've said it before, it's you, you're never really completed comedy. You're always trying to get better. And as long as you focus on that, it stays exciting. So having an end goal of, right, I need 45 minutes of good material, that'll probably force me to write two hours <laughs> worth of material mm. to have something that's decent. I'm also, I've started sketching. Uh, this year started sketching little comedy things um, oh you mean drawing yeah rather drawing. than sketch comedy no, no, no. Right. I uh, started drawing because I want to I want to do more of that that's been quite fun and relaxing and I've got a little project with uh, a friend of mine Stephanie where we're hoping to write for a little sci-fi uh, sitcom on the radio uh, which should be a lot of fun I want to write something that is um, that's m- closer to a sitcom as well like just by myself because that's uh, the end goal for me is to just be in a writing room with writer and just having donuts and <laughs> oh here we Writing is my favourite thing in comedy, I think. Okay, so, so what do you want to have achieved by this time next year? Because I will play this back to you. <laughs> um, it's funny you should say that because every well, since I've started doing comedy, which was three years in Feb now, it's a bit cheesy, but I start the year with little goals, uh, try and like tick them. So next year, I want to have been on telly in any way, shape, or form, whether it's a joke that I got on there mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Mug the Week, even for half a second, even if it's me at the background of an interview. Yeah. <laughs> Go and stand around outside Parliament. <laughs> Yes. I want to be able to go part-time at my job um, from comedy. 
I want to be sure that in that I can have an hour by in two years' time that I'm happy with, that I'm proud of, and that I stopped chickening out of <laughs> writing. Celia AB, thank you very much. And thank you very much, James Cook. And uh, Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Celia AB there, our current champion, the winner of uh, Birmingham Comedy in the last 12 months by winning the uh, Breaking Talent with her goals. She sets herself goals and I have, uh, I believe her when she says she's going to achieve them. So look out in the background of any news reports now. Celia AB will be standing behind them with her aim to get on TV uh, every couple of seconds. Me, I'm from a generation of comedians who sets goals at the start of every new year and then doesn't do any of them haven't done any of mine this year it's terrible isn't it next year will be different though won't it no it won't at all uh now i don't know if you listen to uh, andy robinson here on brum radio with his show uh, andy robinson pops the question on wednesday afternoons and available to listen again at the brumradio.com website of course uh, now uh, he always plays uh, songs that have questions in them and then he talks about what the answers could be it's really good i'm going to play a song now that has a, a, a question in the title I feel a bit bad. I hope he doesn't think I'm trying to jump on his bandwagon by doing this. But we're going to be talking about some of the comedy that's coming up in the betwixtmas period. That's right, the period between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. Betwixtmas, a lot of people call it. I prefer merineum. It's not one thing nor the other, is it? So uh, asking a question for us now, here's Nancy Wilson with uh, What Are You Doing, New Year's Eve? Broad Radio Comedy Show, that's Nancy Wilson asking, what are you What are you doing, New Year's Eve? Well, I'll be celebrating an arbitrary uh, change in the date, uh, like a lot of people will be. Now, comedy uh, kind of goes on a little bit of uh, hiatus. Not really. It's just a bit different at this time of year in terms of what's going on live around the city. We've got the big old Christmas gigs happening at the big clubs, at the Comedy Loft and at the Glee Club. Uh, at the moment, I believe a lot of those are selling very well and are full of people on their office dues. So I'm not knocking them. They are what they are. I'm just saying if you're a comedy fan, a purist, um, a connoisseur, if you will, might might be best to leave those ones be and uh, maybe go to a different one. On New Year's Eve at the uh, Glee Club, two shows. There's a matinee and a late show, both hosted by Brum Radio's very own Andy Robinson, and because Brum Radio has taken over the world, Brum Radio's very own uh, Mrs. Barbara Nice is at the Kitchen Garden Cafe in Kings Heath on uh, New Year's Eve as well. A few days before that, um, on the 27th, over in Moseley at the Fat Penguin Comedy Night, run by uh, Jesus himself, Jay Handley. It's uh, Ivan Brackenbury and Tom Bins, the psychic comedian, two acts who look very, very similar to each other but that's a terrific show Ivan Brackenbury the inappropriate hospital radio DJ uh, you've probably seen him on uh, the TV and also the psychic comedian who uh, it's kind of a parody of a spirit medium but he can also do it as well which makes it even better that's on at the Fat Penguin also on the 27th at the station in Kings Heath so literally just down the road from that uh, it's the off the rails Hootenanny Hosted by uh, musical comedy duo Good Kids, I asked Kieran from Good Kids, uh, what is the Hootenanny all about? Well, so we do a regular, and by regular I mean very in between one every two months and one every month show in King's Eighth at the station called Off the Rails. And this New Year special calling the Hootenanny, and we're doing it in the style of a certain well-known BBC rhythm and blues boogie-woogie man. Whoever can you mean? Well, it, it rhymes with Drulls Bolland. <laughs> uh, does this mean uh, that you've recorded it in August 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the spirit of uh, Jules Holland's Hooten, Annie, it's on the 27th of December and we'll be celebrating the new year. So With a countdown yeah, to midnight. Absolutely. And in the in the spirit of that, uh, the countdown will be at about 10pm. So he's, he's got something for everyone who's a big fan of Jules. I like that. They're counting down to 10 o'clock on the 27th of December. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very much in the spirit of what our uh, ramshackle comedy shows are all about, really. So. Yeah. It's a satire on everyone's desire to celebrate an arbitrary moment in time. Who will be appearing? Well, we've got some fantastic acts. We've got Lindsay Santoro opening, local legends. She's um, terrific, isn't she? She's fantastic, absolutely hilarious. She's um, our Mrs. Maisel, that's what I think. Okay, I've never actually seen... Is it the marvellous Mrs. Maisel? Is yeah, that the programme? on Amazon Prime. on Prime? I've never actually watched it, but I'm aware that it involves a stand-up comedian. To be honest, that's the least good bit of the show. Oh, really? stand-up, you know, because it's, it's stand-up in a drama. So, you know, she gets on and she does some mildly amusing monologues. Yeah. And then the audience laugh like it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. And they can get away <laughs> with it because it's uh, very glossily produced and set in the 50s. Right. So they could go, well, in the 50s, that was what comedy was. For me, that's a reverse Seinfeld. Controversial, I know. I'd much prefer the, uh, the stand-up portions. That's the literally the comedy police coming to get you that sound in the background. Because yeah. <laughs> you said yeah, that. Arrest me, officer. So you've got uh, Lindsay Santoro. Uh, who else? Yep. And closing, we've got the fantastic Josh Pugh who is one of our favourite acts. He was, he was going to perform at the very first Off the Rails about two and a bit years ago, but he had to pull out. So um, just to show you how far we've come in those two years, uh, we've got the <laughs> the failed headliner of the very opening show. Yeah. I know. He's, uh, Josh is another terrific act. That's a really... Oh, absolutely. Really strong lineup, guys. Um, very good, very good. And your good selves as well. And our good selves, the good kids, tying everything together very loosely. Looks like it's going to be a fun night. Yeah, and um, in the middle we've got uh, Hannah Wheatman and Alfie Packham, just to give them a shout out. Some fantastic newer acts. I haven't seen Alfie, but um, I, I'm aware of Hannah and her work. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's terrific. She's very, she's very exciting uh, new yeah, comic. Absolutely. It's been uh, quite a year for good kids. I saw your show at the Birmingham Comedy Festival and your Ness and Dorma skit uh, was one of the funniest things I've seen this year. Oh, well, that's very, very kind of you. Have so, you recovered um, from it? Uh, just about the um, the calorific and sort of sucrose intake has just about ebbed out of my body. Yeah. Do you um, want to describe what that bit consists of? Well... There's a certain magic to not knowing, I think. Yeah. But let's just say my mother is very concerned for my well-being every time she watches <laughs> me do it. <laughs> and she was oh. there that night, actually. She was there that night. Yeah. I like that. That's made it really intriguing, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's good, isn't it? Uh, and what it Sounds like a sort of knife throwing at. And what have you got uh, coming up in 2020 for the good kids? What plans do you have? 2020. So I think that we're going to do Edinburgh in the summer. We haven't done Edinburgh in a very long time since we were students and we didn't know what we were doing then. So we'll probably carry that on now and not know what we're doing in 2020. I've gone up to watch things in the intervening years and every time I go up, I really miss performing there. So really looking forward to doing that again. We've got something very exciting in the pipeline for February, but I can't, I can't reveal it at the moment, but keep oh, an eye on our socials. Can you give us a clue? Can you give um, Jesus, Kieran, tease um, we have been asked to perform in an exciting live show. That's all I'll say. That does sound intriguing yeah. uh, and incredibly vague. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all the best things are. <laughs> when are you going to be able to tell people what that means? 
in the next seven days. Oh, I'm not doing a show until January. Will you come on the show again and tell us all about it? Yeah, absolutely. We'd love that. All right. Well, that all sounds uh, fantastic, Kieran. Uh, I'm to say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and uh, good luck with the Hootenanny show on the 27th. Nice one, James. Thanks very much. If you want to head along to that, and it is a terrific lineup, Lindsay Santoro and Josh Pugh. Are, are brilliant and always good value. Uh, that's at uh, the station in Kings Heath on the High Street, the top end, you know, opposite the gym where you can watch all the people working out next to the High Street and you can be in the pub looking at them going, ah. Uh, that's the Off the Rails Hootenanny uh, on the 27th. Do check that out. Coming up, going to be talking to today's headline interviewee, uh, Edinburgh Comedy Award nominee Rob Kemp, who's going to be telling us all about his uh, 2019 and his plans for 2020. But first, uh, his. Uh, Louis Prima. I've always got a space reserved for him at any dinner table I'm at. He's never shown up yet. That's Louis Prima. Five months, two weeks, two days. This is the Brum Radio Comedy Show with me, James Cook. Hi. Uh, remember, you can get in touch on our Twitter. We've got a Twitter, guys, because it's, you know, it's the 90s. It's uh, at Brum Radio Comedy or an email, brumradiocomedy at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Uh, if you see a gig that you have enjoyed, or maybe not, or you've done a gig, you want to tell people about it, what you can do is you can record a little, uh, like, one-minute-long little review on your phone, uh, on your magic rectangle, whichever brand it is you can take, and then you can uh, email it to us at brumradiocomedy at gmail.com. And if it's any good, we'll put it on the, on the radio next year when hopefully this show becomes a thing. Edinburgh Comedy Award nominee Rob Kemp is one of our most exciting acts from round here. And since hitting success with The Elvis Dead in 2017, he hasn't stopped producing new and sometimes experimental work. Now, I caught up with him a few days ago uh, to ask him all about his 2019. Hello, I'm Rob Kemp. I am a comedian from the Midlands of England. <laughs> Midlands of England. <laughs> At the start of the year, you were all set to go to Australia, weren't you? Yes, I was going out to Australia with uh, The Elvis Dead, which is a show I did. And I was supposed to be taking it to three of the Australian comedy festivals, but that didn't come off in the end. Why not? (laughs) Oh, interesting that you would go there. The Australian PRS, I guess, their version of that, which is obviously the Music Rights Association. They had different criteria and the people applying for it weren't able to classify what the show was. They couldn't figure out whether it was theatre or whether it was parody or, or what it was. And despite having seen it, they had definitely they had seen it. <laughs> Not only were they seeing it, they were the people responsible for selling it. They yeah, yeah. They couldn't say what yeah. it was. Well, let's and take that as a this... huge compliment for The Elvis Dead, you know. It was this whole new thing that people hadn't seen before. And we couldn't figure out what it was. We just knew that we liked it. Yeah, I'll take that. The problem was, I geared my 2019 around being in Australia. There's a lot of things I hadn't done because I was expecting to be on the other side of the, other side of the world. And when that fell through, I didn't realise it at the time, but I did fall into a depression. <laughs> I hear that's quite the trendy thing to do amongst young comedians these days. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was really beneficial to my uh, my Edinburgh show. <laughs> Well, should we talk about your Edinburgh show uh, from this year, Moonraker 2, Moonrakerer? Yes. In 2018, I got a bit hung up on trying to explain myself to people, you know, and sort of tell them my truth and to sort of feel like I was, I'd got this sort of Damoclesian sort of expectation. Wow. You know? 
Jamakusian sort of expectation. No, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was uh, imagined. It was a self-conjured level of pressure that wasn't there, and I tried to put all of that onto the stage. Obviously, with unsa- well, I don't know. Was it unsatisfactory results? I don't know. But, but basically, it, 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 I felt like I was trying to pour all of my head out. And that year I saw a show in Edinburgh by a guy called Sam Campbell, Australian comedian. His show was just so joyfully without narrative and, and it was joyful. And, I, and it was the most I laughed throughout the whole of, of that fringe. It sort of became my lady, of, lady with a lamp, you know? It became my, oh, this is... That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something. You're lady with the lamp. That, You're Florence Nightingale. That, well, is that not the thing? Someone who leads you? No. Okay. And what's who's someone who leads you? My Pied Piper. My <laughs> Pied Piper with a lamp. Pied Piper with a lamp. I'm not sure that there is a lamp involved. Someone in had a lamp at all. Someone that, had a lamp, and, and that they, helped and write the my, show. No, I've seen my, uh, most of it at the uh, Birmingham Comedy Festival this year. And if your aim was to do a silly, joyous show, I think you pulled that off completely. Well, thank you. The actual sort of crux of the premise was orig- came down to silly things that occurred to me while I was waking up. And it was meant to have a sort of a dreamlike, surrealist sort of bent. And that, that's, there was like an elements of René Magritte in there. And, and it was meant to be not necessarily stream of consciousness because it didn't necessarily all just sort of flow into each other as much as the interconnectivity of the ideas was irrelevant but there was meant to be some there as well if you know what I mean well it turns out you dream a lot about Graham Soonis and penis (laughs) footballers called Graham yeah and uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't dream about them. That's the problem. It's like I, I, the, these are things that crop up in my head while I'm waking up. I, I should point out this is because in the show there's a whole interactive quiz about Graham Soonis and footballers called Graham generally and uh, a song about the penis music. <laughs> yes, there is. Which Any similarity between that song and We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel is entirely <laughs> coincidental. A similarity that the PRS people in Australia wouldn't possibly understand. <laughs> Quite possibly not, whether they've seen it or not. But that wasn't the only show you did up in Edinburgh in 2019, was it? I Think You Stink, this horror musical uh, with Nick Helm, was definitely my performance highlight of this year. There's the cast of the five of us, and it was this sort of vignette trip to the drive-in horror musical thing. And it was just so much fun to do every night. And we all had a blast. And we had a, we had a gang as well, which I think was very important, because I think sometimes comedy can feel a little bit lonesome. Even if you are in a city surrounded by all of your friends and peers, it can sometimes feel like you're doing it on your own. Being part of a cast was fantastic. And I think the people that embraced it really got on board, and the people... That didn't well, we didn't hear from them. We yeah, had, who we cares what they fantastic. think? And what I loved about it, Rob, is that builders being uh, Nick Helms, I think you stink because he's the originator of the material, and also you know, he's the, the TV name there. But you're like the main part in it, am I? I? I didn't know what to expect. I thought, well, you, you'll be part of the ensemble, but you're not in the whole sort of second half of the show, you're like the main character, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose, but I mean, I think it wouldn't have done for Nick to have been the boyfriend and for somebody else to be the devil. I mean, that 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 devil role, that's ripped, that he wrote that for him. You know he did. That's that's oh, okay. perfect for him. <laughs> I do get to show off how I look in hot pants, which is uh, which is pretty uh, impressive, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> 
who would have thought, eh, Rob, a couple of years ago, that you'd end up uh, in a show with uh, Nick Helm? It's fu- it's funny. The, um, after the f- the first run of Elvis Dead, that was when I met him, and we were walking down one of the streets. We were heading to some bar, and he said, uh, "I wrote a horror musical," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Cool. What what's that about? And then he's, uh, oh, it was years ago. I, I'm thinking of bringing it back. Do you want a role? And I was like, yeah, cool, sure. And then I t- and then I promptly forgot about it. <laughs> then, <laughs> like you know, yeah, yeah, sure, mate. Yeah, never gonna happen. <laughs> Did you get to see much then, comedy in 2019? I saw quite a lot of previews and Edinburgh shows. The delightful sausages. Ginster's Paradise, that was amazing. That was really, really funny. Yeah, they're coming to Mac in the spring. It is fantastic. It is so ridiculous and so much fun. And the nomination they received was thoroughly deserved. Because I was doing I Think You Stink, I couldn't see Tom Walker do his show, but I did catch him and Demi Lardner doing their We Mustn't, which I think was something that they did two or three times on like certain Thursdays at midnight or something. And it got me all excited about comedy again. In Edinburgh, I'm in bed by about 10. (laughs) I had to stay uh, extra especially late to come and see you in that musical. (laughs) That's why I was there in my (laughs) pyjamas. I'm Um, sorry, sir, we don't allow Ovaltine in the venue. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got any plans for next year then? I'm going to do a show about perfect vision, because of course they am like everybody else. (laughs) But what Uh, will you call it? Who knows? I've been thinking about doing a podcast. I am. You should do them, because hardly anyone is. (laughs) Another white man doing a podcast. Uh, It won't be about comedy, though, so at least that's fine. Oh, thank God. Uh, (laughs) Who wants to listen to that? (laughs) I'm going to get back into more heavily gigging again. And I've got a a show I'm writing for debuting in in Leicester in February. And I'll be, obviously, hopefully taking it to Edinburgh. It's a fairly personal show. Thanks very much for talking to me, Rob. Thank you. My pleasure. Supergrass time on the Brum Radio Comedy Show. And speaking of time, time is nearly upon us uh, for this show to end. First one back for a couple of years. I think it's gone pretty well. But then I'm very, very vain. My comedy highlight of the year was being called to my face by a younger comedian, the grandfather of the local comedy scene. Not father, straight to grandfather. That's who I am now. I'm just an old man with an ear trumpet. Uh, trying to make head not tail of all the modern world around me. Uh, hopefully we'll be back in January with more Brum Radio comedy shows for you, previewing all that is good around uh, the local comedy scene. Until then, have a very Merry Christmas, unless you're listening to the Boxing Day repeat, in which case, was it all right? Good. And a very happy New Year. Uh, this is James Cook for the Brum Radio comedy show saying, see ya. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.